When I look in the mirror, I don't see wrinkles. When I look in the mirror, I see hair on my head, not my shoulders. And hello, hello, hello. This is Adrian Berg, and this is Generation Bold, the Fountain of Truth. And it is the fountain of truth about aging, but really in many ways, it's the fountain of truth about life. And uh, for those of you who would like to read more about a great lifestyle, everything from how to get rid of your stuff when you're retiring and you have to move, to if you have an older loved one, uh, how to keep them from being isolated even though you don't live very close to them, and everything in between, from fashion to beauty to hula hooping after age 70, you'll be able to read a lot about that in our blog, Aging for Beginners. So all you have to do is go to our website, adrianberg, A-D-R-I-A-N-E-B-E-R-G.com, and you'll have access to these shows. You'll have access to the archives of all of our podcasts. Of course, you'll be able to go right to the blog and ask me questions. Now, today's uh, show is a very, very serious show about a very, very serious topic, but the good news is that our guest, who has really worked for decades in the field of and issues of Alzheimer's, don't turn your dial, this is not going to be depressing, says that there is hope. Now, uh, he is the, uh, the CEO, Dr. Martin Toller, of Alzion, uh, and Alzion is working on a causative cure. So let me put this in perspective for everybody for a moment, just set the stage here. It's about money. And I know that uh, you know I'm a financial gerontologist, and I focus on things through my lens. And Alzheimer's, to me, has a lens that has to do with dollars. Now, listen to this for a moment. The NIH, uh, National Institute of Health, has allocated $425 million of your taxpayer money to uh, Alzheimer's disease. However, you might think that's a lot of money. But their total budget for 2019 is $39 billion. It costs more money for you, the taxpayer, to support one Alzheimer's patient than it does a cancer patient or a, um, a, a cardiac patient. How much per person? $195,000. It's a lot of money. And one in 10 people over the age of 65 will have Alzheimer's and about 32% of us over the age of 85. Now, I am the cheerleader for successful aging, and I'm looking in the mirror at that issue. We have to look at that issue. And there are three ways of doing it that's going on today. One is what's the cause, and Dr. Martin Toller is going to talk to us about that today. And is there anything we can do pre-diagnosis? And then there are the folks who are working, and we're not going to be talking about that much today, when there is a diagnosis. What can help you maintain cognition? And then last, and we will have shows on this, are there small, small things that are not pharmaceutically oriented, like flickering lights and music that help people with symptomology? But the fact is that if we can take care of the cause, the other two will be very important, will they? So Dr. Martin Toller, thank you so much for being with us today on our show. And, and, and let's step in. At the beginning of, uh, of the show, before we went on the air, I said, if you could bring out one thing that you think is the most important message to the audience, what would it be? Tell everybody what you told me. So 
I think the most important message is that uh, despite all the headlines of failures, and, and really there has been almost 20 years since uh, we, you know, we did not have almost 20 years since we did not have a successful drug, uh, we have learned awful lot uh, about the biology of the disease, how to intervene, what is the problem, how to go about it. And the failures truly have been drug development failures. It has not been failure of the science. It has not been uh, for the, the, you know, the lack of understanding, but we just did not have the right tools to really approach the disease. But again, we have learned enormous amount, and we know how to go about it, and there is a light at the end of the tunnel that we would be able to intervene in the pathology and, and you know, stabilize and potentially prevent the disease. All right, so first of all, uh, that's a message of hope, and I always want to start our show with that when we can, and here we can. And even the NIH thinks we can because they, that $425 million is up from money that they were going to spend in 2018 and, and a lot up from 2013. So they do see that there's a, a way to go here. Now, I'm going to give everybody the name of your study, and then they're going to say, what? So just listen for a minute. We're going to unpack that. So there's been a study, actually two studies, by uh, Alzion on the causative issues and whether there could be an intervention here. And they call their, their study Discovery and Identification of an Endogenous uh, Metabolite of tram, ready for this one? Tramiprostate. That's not a prostate. Uh, and it's prodrug ALZ-801. Now, that inhibits beta amyloid oligomer. Oligomer. Now, I can't say it, and I've been on the air for, since 1988. That's one of the problems here. And what I'd like you to do, uh, doctor, is to unpack that. And I'd actually like you to start with what are you trying to, ALZ-801 is trying to inhibit uh, something that you feel is causative of Alzheimer's. Explain that to us. So I'll step back, Adrian, a little bit. So the, the problem of neurodegeneration is the problem of the clearance of, of toxins from the brain. Uh, the brain is the most metabolically active organ in our body. We burn about 20% of energy in the brain. And as a result, we produce enormous amount of junk, of, of byproducts that we need to, or toxin that we need to clear out. It's, it's estimated that you produce about three pounds of, of, of these byproducts a, a year, and this has to be cleared out from the brain. Now, the, as we get older, or if there are some additional risk factors, which I'll talk about later, uh, the clearance of this, these byproducts, these toxins, is, is impaired. Now, one of the, the proteins that's causing neurodegenerative disorders, and in particular Alzheimer's, is a protein called amyloid. There are, there's another one called tau that also is part of the pathology. And there are other proteins in Parkinson's, in ALS. But basically, the problem of neurodegeneration is exactly the same. It's a problem of the clearance. And our approach has been to improve the clearance of that one protein that has been causative in Alzheimer's, which is the, what's called beta amyloid protein. Now, one of the things that we're going to uh, switch to just for a moment is an area that people uh, ask me about a lot that does not have to do with Alzheimer's. It has to do with how they look. And these are, this is good news. So we're going to listen a bit about sarcopenia, which has to do with sagging of the face, the muscles, the upper arms. And then we're going to come back uh, to Dr. Tola, and we're going to talk a little bit more about uh, the symptomology and whether or not we should know beforehand 
whether we are prone to Alzheimer's. Since we don't have a cure, is it something that's just going to scare us? But right now, a little bit of good news, so here we go. suffer from sarcopenia. I know it sounds like an ad for some kind of a pill, but you know what I'm talking about. It's flabby arms and sagging chins and maybe sagging tummy. We get it with aging and short of surgery, there's not much we can do about it, right? Well, wrong. You can try strength training, weightlifting. That's really what I do. It has increased my muscle mass as well as my strength. It's built muscle over my entire body, and I am actually less flabby, yeah. I have also more endurance, I walk faster, and there's more oxygen in my lungs, all because of a little weight training. Now, why? Well, weight training works on a cellular level. It increases blood lactate concentration, hemoglobin, and even whatever this is, capacity to move, yes, without pain. And all of this increases your performance. Now, there's something new, and this is what I want to bring out to you. There's a new name. It's called the geriatric syndrome, and we all have it. It could be a combination of osteoporosis, sarcopenia, and increased fat in places that you don't want. And what will your trainer tell you? You can't spot reduce. You can't just lose the weight by not eating. You need to do the weight training, and you get results in about 12 weeks. That's not bad. Now, I've got a lot of articles on this, a lot of information on it. Just connect with me on LinkedIn and Twitter, and together, we'll just look better. Don't you want to be hot? Okay, from the looks to the real issue of aging, and that is the issue of Alzheimer's. And that is, people have told um, others in surveys over and over again, they would rather die than have Alzheimer's, a very serious topic. And there is a company, it's called uh, Alzion, where the folks have been laboring in this field for decades. There is a message of hope that we just heard from the CEO, Dr. Martin Toller. And when we come back, we're going to be talking about uh, something that he mentioned that intrigued me very much, and that is what we should look for to see if we're prone to it, how he does his studies, and whether it's okay to know about it first. Should we know? We'll be right back. You may think that I'm full of it, but that doesn't bother me, not even a bit, because I am happy, and I freely admit I'm inappropriate for my age. You may think that I'm full of it, but that doesn't bother me, not even a bit, because I am happy. And hello, hello, hello. This is Adrian Berg, and this is Generation Bold, the Fountain of Truth. And uh, today we're talking about Alzheimer's because the truth about Alzheimer's is that we have to face it. It is a serious issue of aging, and although I am a longevitist and a rah-rah for Hale, health-adjusted longevity, and I believe we can live longer and healthier, the 800-pound gorilla is Alzheimer's. And with a cost to the government of 67% of the total costs of uh, all, all, that means cancer, uh, cardiology issues, aging uh, diseases. Imagine that, 67%. And far from 67% of the budget is being spent 
on looking at Alzheimer's. Dr. Martin Toller, who is the CEO of Alzion, uh, has been looking at this for decades. And he explained to us that there's hope for even the uh, intervening in the cause. But Dr. Toller, let, let's talk about this issue of should we know. You say there is symptomology that lets us know there may be a problem. Right now, there could be a cure, but there isn't. With real people to see whether or not uh, what you have to offer could be curative or prevent the cause, let us say better prevent the cause. Can you explain how you go about your research? Right. So, so again, as, I'm, as I mentioned earlier, the problem of neurodegeneration is the problem of the clearance uh, and, and, and lack of clearance, actually, as we get older, um, which can be worsened by some of the genetic risk factors. So the, the, the way we have approached it, we're we focusing on Alzheimer's. And in Alzheimer's disease, there are the two proteins, beta amyloid and tau, that, causing, that, that, are, that appear to be causative. And there's a lot of evidence for beta amyloid to being the cause. So the way we have approached it is to develop a, a treatment that can enhance, that can prevent basically the, the aggregation and of, the, of the beta amyloid and enhance the clearance of this toxin from the brain. And our treatment, which uh, um, now is ready to go to the last stage, which is the, going to, to the phase three, uh, is, is, uh, is really showed that, that it can not only enhance the clearance of this toxin from the brain, but also is safe. It can be delivered as a pill. And, and we have data that showed it can stabilize the disease in patients who have early stage of this disease. Now, um, the potential ultimately would be, and it comes to your questions, you know, should we know, should we uh, trying to, you know, watch for the symptoms and so forth. I mean, ultimately, we would like to prevent the progression and prevent the, the onset of the symptoms. So I think people should you know, uh, know and should try to do everything they can, you know, to delay the onset and, and, and hopefully we'll come up with a treatment that can help this further. Now, we hear a lot about behavioral science and people who should be eating right, going out and uh, exercising better, even life engagement, certain amorphous cultural things like life engagement and having at least six friends, that sort of thing. And we are told that the more you do that, the less chance you have of Alzheimer's. And there's been a nun's study that's very famous showing that nuns don't get Alzheimer's to the same extent of the population, and a lot of that has to do with their stress reduction. But you are a scientist, and you're a doctor, uh, and you are a researcher in this. Do you believe that these lifestyle and behavioral differences can make a difference in Alzheimer's? Absolutely. So, in fact, the only um, intervention that has ever been shown to slow the progression has been lifestyle intervention. It's called finger study. It's been a large study run in, in Finland uh, that showed that uh, uh, if you uh, uh, eat the right diet and exercise, uh, and it's, it's all basically linking to improving the, the health of your vessels, because, again, the clearance from the brain, as I talked about earlier, that's impaired is impaired because our vessels, vessels are impaired. So if you eat right, uh, you know, good diet, card, uh, a hard, healthy diet, uh, and exercise and have a healthy lifestyle, you can actually slow progression of the symptoms. So, so absolutely, no. that's the only thing so far that works. It's not. It's, it's just delaying by a little bit. It's not dramatic effect, but it, it is the only intervention that has ever been shown to work. 
Fascinating. That Now, let's go a little bit before we end this segment with your methodology. You have actually worked uh, with real people, I think two, two studies of a thousand each, uh, maybe even more, and looked at how you can use your findings to delay or prevent. I'm more interested in how the studies are. How do you get these people in and how do you select them so that my audience has an insight as to how this research works. Right. So, so the, the, the way to develop treatment for Alzheimer's at, 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 at this stage, at, at, you know, because there was nothing that has been shown to work to slow the progression or, or prevent the onset, is really to, to select patients who have early stage of the disease and then, then you know, give them a, a treatment and, and look whether we can slow the progression in the treated group which is what has been done with our drug. As you mentioned, we have data from over 2,000 patients who have been treated with our drug, uh, and, and in the patients with the highest risk for the disease, which we specifically focused on, we have seen that, that the, our drug can stabilize it for a year and a half, which has been it's a very dramatic effect because you have patients who are a little forgetful uh, getting class, and a year and a half would end up being, you know, not recognizing their children, their spouses, Many of them end up institutionalized, and we can stop this. We can stabilize the course for a year and a half in the highest risk population. So, so, so that's the, the data that we plan to now. Yeah. Exactly. So that's the data that we're now planning to replicate in our phase three, and and hopefully, you know, we will we will have uh, one of the first or, or even the first treatment um, uh, introduced uh, in almost 20 years. Now, I'll say the there were several scientific uh, uh, barriers that we had to we had to overcome, and at Alzion, we I've never been. This is our fourth biotechnology company with this team. We were very successful previously, but we uh, I've never been in a situation where you need to spend so much time on the science and publish. And we have been really able to uh, tackle the the four problems, scientific problems uh, that that have been the barriers in the drug development. Number one, what is the topic? Well, before we go into uh, Dr. Toller, yeah. Before we go into that, we will have to take a little bit of a break, and then we will talk about those four problems because that's exactly what I wanted to bring up. Uh, we did start the show saying that there's a financial gap here. There's just not as much money going into this particular research as would warrant for the cost, not just to the families, but to our government and therefore all of us as taxpayers. It seems disproportionate. And what we have to go through, which I think you're going to outline for us when we come back, to do these studies is pretty onerous and a little bit different than in other areas of research. And these are complaints. These are serious complaints from the medical industry all over the world with regard to Alzheimer's. And I'm not sure why it's happening. So don't go away because we're going to unpack this for you. You may think that I'm full of it. That doesn't bother me, not even a bit, cause I am happy, and I freely admit, I'm inappropriate. You may think that I'm full of it, but that doesn't bother me, not even a bit, cause I am happy, and I freely admit, I'm inappropriate for my age. Da-da-da-da, da-da-da-da. You may think that I'm full of it. Doesn't bother me not even a bit, cause I am happy and I freely admit 
And hello, hello, hello. This is Adrian Berg, and this is Generation Bold, the Fountain of Truth. And as I go through my life as the rah-rah cheerleader of longevity and successful aging, as I said before in the show, there's the 800-pound gorilla in the room, and that is Alzheimer's. And although it costs us a ton of money, uh, and we have hopeless families, we have many times had people on the show dealing with caregiver fatigue and all the problems that caregivers have, uh, we don't put enough money into solving this problem because, as our guest CEO of Alzion, Martin Toller, Dr. Martin Toller tells us, many have just given up, but uh, Alzion has not. And he's going to answer for us and unpack for us four scientific questions that have to be answered uh, by his company as he's doing the research and what he has done about it. So, Dr. Toller, thank you so much. But before we continue, tell people how to find out more about Alziano and, and, and what the company is doing. So, so the best way to do it, Adrian, is to go to our website, uh, Uh We have a description of the biology of the Alzheimer's, the, what the problem is, how to tackle it, and how, what the approach we have taken. And also, what is the state of the of the pipeline, and and you know what what are the programs that still can provide hope? Yeah, and I do want to tell you that uh, you should go there, alzion.com, uh, and you should also go to the NIH uh, for one reason, as Dr. Toller confirmed, lifestyle changes and behavioral changes, like the way you eat, your exercise, can have an impact. And believe it or not, the federal government is telling you that too. National Institute on Health has a whole uh, uh, website just on what you can do to age more successfully. Now, let's, like, let's take a look at those four scientific questions that you wanted to outline for us, uh, Dr. Toller. So, so the, the four uh, problems you know, in, in coming up with an effective treatment were, number one, what's causing Alzheimer's? What is the toxin? What, what is really the initial insult that, that, that's starting the cascade of Alzheimer's? And, and we spent a lot of time, we published on this. The second was how you stop it, you know, how, how you, what, what kind of approach, what kind of treatment you have to stop formation of this toxin. The third, which has been incredibly difficult, has been how you get the treatment into the brain. The brain is protected by what's called blood-brain barrier, uh, which prevents, protects your brain and prevents uh, anything getting into the brain that it's not supposed to be there. So it's very difficult to, to, to get the treatments into the brain. And finally, you know, what patients uh, are appropriate for specific treatments? Because Alzheimer's is, is uh, a disease where there are, it's not a single pathology. It's not a single toxic pathway. There are a likely number of actually of those, and you have to select the patients uh, that, that are most appropriate for your specific treatment, very similarly to what we have done in cancer, because nobody's tried to find a cure for cancer with a single you know, silver bullet, single pill. Uh, but people have been trying to, to do that for decades in Alzheimer's. And we were the first company who say, you really have to go uh, into specific populations with specific pathologies, what's called a precision medicine approach, and only that you can that, that way you can be successful. So that's what we're doing. So these are the four problems. What is the toxin? How you stop it from forming? How you get a, the treatment into the brain? And what is the right patient population that could be helped by, by your treatment? 
So you, I want everyone to know that uh, what Dr. Toller is talking about is an incredibly important trend and actually conceptually a breakthrough all by itself. Many years ago, 2008 specifically, I wrote a book called How Not to Go Broke at 102. How Not to Go Broke at 102. And Dr. Toller, I was talking to doctors and, and researchers, and they brought up a topic that I had never heard of called designer drugs designer drugs and what they meant was what you're talking about that you cannot take something like cancer and uh, have a, a, a one type of pill today we don't think of cancer that way we think of breast cancer prostate cancer and so on well we have to do that with alzheimer's as well and that's what i think you you've been able to to detect and promote so for those of you who feel hopeless about this that there's nothing you can do about it. And for the many surveys that say I'd rather die than have Alzheimer's, I do want to bring this ray of hope. And before we continue on with, with Dr. Toller, there is a new law, and this also has to do with your money, which gives us a ray of hope in retirement. So let's hear about that. And here we go. Congress doesn't think we're sufficiently financially secure after retirement. How do you feel about that? On May 23rd of this year, the House of Representatives passed the SECURE Act. Now, that's a bipartisan, yes, Democrats and Republicans agreed. Don't faint. You heard it right. SECURE is a direct recognition of our growing longevity and a worry that maybe we can't afford it. SECURE boosts our ability to save for our future by allowing qualified retirement plan deposits throughout our work life. We don't have to stop making deposits in our early 70s if we're still working. Also, the required minimum distribution that forces us to take untaxed assets out and start paying taxes on them at age 70 and a half would be changed so that now we don't have to distribute until age 72 or 75, depending on what version of the SECURE Act passes. Now, how about you? Are you a late-life entrepreneur? Are you thinking of starting a business? Well, SECURE also permits unrelated small businesses to open a single 401k, and that would make costs far less. Now, the SECURE Act includes 29 new provisions, many of which affect younger workers. So I have done a podcast on that. Take a look at GenerationBoldRadio.com, show number 26, for my entire analysis. And we are going back now to our a guest, Dr. Martin Toller. He's the CEO of Alzion, and you want to look up Alzion at A-L-Z-H-E-O-N.com and learn a lot more about his research and a lot more about Alzheimer's in general. Now, uh, Dr. Toller, when we were talking, you gave us the four scientific questions that you had to answer with regard to Alzheimer's, and one of them was knowing the right population. With your suggested protocol, with what you're researching, Define the population that you are working with right now. So the what the, the number one risk factor for Alzheimer's is age, and and in fact, if you look at the uh, uh, you know uh, what's called Kaplan Bymer survivor curve, basically, if you live long enough, you know all of us are at risk for Alzheimer's. The yeah, number two risk factor of the people age eighty five and over, thirty two percent, eighty five plus. Correct. Yeah. Correct. So, so, so the, it's really the main problem is aging, and again, because your vessels are not able to clear the toxins from the brain. The, 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 the second uh, most important risk factor is, is, is a gene called apolipoprotein E4. 
uh, it's a protein that um, uh, carries lipids in the body. And if you have the form, what's called APOE4, which about one in five people on the planet have, you have much higher risk for Alzheimer's disease. And and um, the and it, it really what it does that if you have one copy of the gene, you get a disease about eight years earlier, and if you have two copies, about 15 years earlier. And in the Alzheimer's population, almost 60, 65 percent of the patients will have this gene, right? So it provides uh, uh, the, the 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 really the biggest risk factor for the disease uh, in addition to, uh, right after aging. Um, and what we have decided, and again, this comes back to the precision medicine, you know, to the focusing on the right population, to first develop a treatment for the patients with the highest risk of the disease. We have two copies of this gene, what's called APOE, apoiproprotein E4 or APOE4. So, so these are the patients who don't get a disease in the 70s or 80s, but get it about 15 years earlier in, in the 60s, you know, and some of them even in the 50s. And, and they, uh, their disease is driven primarily by the beta amyloid toxicity. And, and that's the population. It's about a million people between U.S. and Europe, so it's a very large population still. Um, but th these are the patients that we want to uh, first introduce the treatment for and that we're focusing on. And these are also the patients, as I mentioned earlier, Adrienne, that we were able to stabilize the disease for a year and a half. Yes, for a year and a half. Now, before we go on to our next segment, let me give you another number. Uh, so the doctor mentioned 1 million people. Uh, with uh, We call it, layman call it early onset Alzheimer's. But uh, the fact is that in the United States, there are 5.5 million people right now with Alzheimer's. Some of them are early onset, some of them over the age of 85. It's no joke. One in uh, 10 people over the age of 65 will have this. And when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about what we can do as taxpayers, right, as people who are growing older, uh, to encourage our government, to encourage investors to put a little bit more money into this. Don't you go anywhere. I want you to know that you've got power, and we shall be right back to tell you exactly how to exercise that power. You may think that I'm full of it, but that doesn't bother me, not even a bit, because I am happy, and I freely admit I'm inappropriate for my age. Da 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 da, da 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 da. You may think that I'm full of it, but that doesn't bother me, not even a bit, because I am happy, and I freely admit I'm inappropriate for and hello, hello, hello. This is Adrian Berg, and this is Generation Bold, the fountain of truth, the fountain of truth about aging. So we have some wonderful articles, happy, peppy, inspirational articles on our blog, uh, Aging for Beginners. Just take a look at Bottom Line Personal. Many of you are already subscribers to Bottom Line Personal because it's the largest self-help newsletter in the country. Uh, but you may not know that there's also a free blog, and I write that. And that is Aging for Beginners, Bottom Line Personal. So take a look at that. Uh, go to my website, Adrian Berg, A-D-R-I-A-N-E-B-E-R-G.com, and you can go to Connect with Adrian, and you'll be able to ask a question and tell us what's on your mind, and we create the shows for you. Now, in being a cheerleader for successful aging, we have one drawback, and that is Alzheimer's. All of you are already realizing that if you have a chronic care need, 
if you're recovering from a stroke or cancer, you can thrive. You can thrive and enjoy your life, even with a disability. And you're all realizing how active your aging is and how young you feel, and it's great. But there is this downside, and that downside is Alzheimer's. And today we have Dr. Martin Toller. He's the CEO of Alzion, uh, uh, which is a company that's been researching for years in the field and feel that they have a breakthrough in a certain area. Now, here's what he's taught us, that they've answered the four scientific questions with regard to Alzheimer's, that there is hope, that there isn't enough money. We're going to talk about that right now. And finally, that it has to be unpacked just the way cancer is not just one thing cancer. It's types of cancer and types of patients. If we would approach Alzheimer's that way, not as a block dementia, but as why and why in different people, we may get somewhere. And yet, and yet we're not putting in the money we should, but we're spending plenty of money uh, on the disease. So, so Dr. Toller, first tell us again where to find information from your company and then why this reluctance to put research dollars into this important area where one of 10 65-year-olds and older will have this disease? So uh, our website is www.alzion.com. Uh, we'll provide uh, uh, the introduction to the disease, uh, what our approach uh, and, and thesis and, and, and how we decided to do that, and also what is the stage uh, of, of the pipeline and what are the other programs that actually could be potentially brought to bear. Um, and, and um, um, you know, the, 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 the tragedy of Alzheimer's, as you just asked, Adrienne, is that uh, for almost 20 years, there were no new drugs uh, introduced, uh, which really brought uh, to halt the support from the usual ecosystem of, of uh, people and stakeholders that support drug development, uh, being it pharma, uh, public and private investors, because the, the risk or the profitability of, of, of developing treatment for Alzheimer's um, is, is so small. Um, and and in, just to give an example, you know, for the last decade, the, the, the probability of success is zero. There was nothing introduced for nothing word for almost a decade. And if you look at the whole history of drug development and Alzheimer's, it's about one in 200. So uh, if you have 200 uh, clinical programs, uh, you know, there's a chance that only one is going to work. If you look at cancer drug development, in contrast, it's about one in five. So if you have wow. one clinical program... In, Alzheimer's, in, in, in cancer, it's actually, uh, you know, one in five is going to work, about 20% of it's going to work. And this is the reason why profit-based organization being, it, you know, um, biopharma, especially the large pharma companies, virtually all of them exited Alzheimer's. Virtually all of them has lost enormous amount of money. There were tens of billions of dollars spent and lost in Alzheimer's. And also the usual, uh, again, profit-based organizations like the public and private investor, the Wall Street, have given up because they have so enormous amount of money. So if there's one urgency in, 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 in finding a treatment for Alzheimer's is to finding the, the financial support. And again, you know, we, Nixon declared the war on cancer. Um, uh, I think we need a war on Alzheimer's. And the, the only stakeholders that actually can come in is the government. I mean, the U.S. government uh, and, and who's spending, as you said, so much money has to step in and actually provide direct support for drug development because the, the usual profit-based organization will just not do it. And we mentioned before uh, the break that you have power, and I mean my audience has power. Yes, you do have power. We vote. 
We vote more than any other demographic, and uh, everybody in Congress knows it. Uh, everybody, every senator knows it. Let them know. Let them know that this is something that even if it doesn't strike your family, even if it doesn't strike your family, you're sick and tired of paying out of pocket uh, with no end in sight. And you can actually make a difference. I know. I have heard and worked with many congressmen, many senators in the field of aging, and they will tell you that they six requests from a constituent to do something. To them, that's huge critical mass. So don't think that you don't have power. You do have power. And that, that is so important. And with, with regard to this, I'm going to tell you a little story, Dr. Toller, that you're going to uh, maybe make you mad, maybe it'll make you laugh. I was meeting with a fellow named Keith um, Camito, and he is the he does a conference called Age-Related Diseases. And he wanted to raise some money for behavioral, my thing, the behavioral health, showing that uh, exercise flickering lights when people already have Alzheimer's can make some differences. And he told me he's going to crowdfund it. Crowdfunding is what you do when you are a small business and you want to raise money to open up a gelato stand somewhere. Not when you're dealing with something as important as Alzheimer's. That's how bad it is in terms of getting money for this important thing, important disease, that even crowdfunding comes into the picture, uh, which would, it would never do in the field of cancer or in the field of, um, of uh, heart disease. There would be money from the government, there would be money from big pharma, but not in this case. So I'm just going to have to end this show by thanking you, uh, Dr. Toller, for fighting this good fight for a very long time. I know that there's been uh, ups and downs, and all of them have been financial, because that's the issue here, and it's the issue with everyone. Uh, So I know that you're going to continue, you're never going to stop, and the breakthroughs have been there. The biggest one being, in my opinion, my case, is the fact that Alzheimer's is not a one-stop disease. It's different for different people. You proved it. You're working on one particular type of uh, of patient. You'll probably go on to another uh, at this point, uh, and that is the early onset. So I want everybody to remember one thing. Get out there, kids, and make it happen. I'm inappropriate. 